Welcome to the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series and this episode we're talking about the dangers of going from full-time employed and a side hustle to going full in on your own business. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Christina, welcome back to the show. It was around about two, three weeks ago that we spoke and you just quit. You just quit and you've got sort of a week or two left of your notice period. What's been happening? What's going on? We're all dying to know. Where are you? (laughs) Yeah. So I gave a 30-ish days notice. My last day is in eight days, I think. So like a little over a scotch over a week. So I'm very excited. It's also been an insanely crazy time because obviously I have other projects I'm working on. And I think the universe has just also heard that I've decided to leave the job and like given me things, but you know, trying to keep all the balls in the air and work on everything at once has been really challenging while still finishing up the job, but we are getting there. So, um, (laughs) so yeah, it's just, it's been really wild. I'm really excited. I'm really happy about it, which is good. I, I was very worried. I think, you know, when we started talking about it way back in what, maybe October about quitting, I was very fearful. And I think if I had just quit at that time, I would have come at it from a place of fear. And I think now I'm everything's in place. I think I've wrapped my head around it and I'm coming at it from a place of excitement and happiness. That is fantastic because that is absolutely how it should be. Because it's interesting if you're trying to win business, if you're going out into the world from a place of fear quite often the opposite happens and people can smell the fear. They can feel the desperation to win business. I know when I started, I was desperate for business, like for good reasons. Like I needed the money. I wanted to do it. But I think that pushed more people away than it did attract towards me. So I'd love to start with one of the things you said. The universe has heard that you're leaving your job. I think that's a wonderful sentence. And my experience of this is that when you commit to something and you go for it, the universe moves with you. And that sounds all kind of nebulous. What I mean by that is all of a sudden you're committed. You've told people you're committed. Opportunities appear that you weren't expecting. Stuff happens that you weren't expecting. And it's like everything moves in that direction. But until you commit and take action, that stuff doesn't happen. So for you, what was the experience? What was the experience from the moment you said, I'm out? And how did the universe react? How did all these things happen? What happened? I mean, you know, I said I'm out. It was very like, it was like a high when I, you know, <laughs> just doing that. It's like, I think taking control and doing something for yourself that you've wanted to do for so long is really, mm. you know, exciting. So that was a really great feeling. And then I was like, oh, well, now I have to keep working for a while. But, <laughs> uh, but, I don't know. I mean, everything kind of came together. I had some people reach out that I've worked with before for some projects. I had a largest project that I was doing for a client I'd worked for before. I sent out a couple of big proposals. They were approved. We're still, yeah. 
still working on like uh, someone is sick. So that, you know, waiting on the proposal to get signed or the contract to get signed and money to get sent, but it's kind of okay. Cause I'm like, I'm sorry you're sick, but if we could just, you know, it helps me because everything's <laughs> been a little like insane. So, uh, and then also there's something, a really random project that came up. It seems a little out of left field, but I do really love coffee. I'm a a huge fan mm. of coffee. And I was talking with my friend at some point. He's talking about having like a, a coffee outlet at his restaurant. And I had kind of a concept for that. And then he came back recently and said, hey, remember that thing we were talking about? Well, I just signed this management deal and we need coffee. And so I'm designing a concept for them as well, but it ties into a cocktail program. So I see it as like, it helps me keep my reputation around in the bar world because I can cross over into that and meet, you know, the ambassadors and representatives from different brands without having to actually work in a location. And the nice thing about that is I'm designing and doing the concept up front and there will be, you know, revenue share downline. So passive income after it's launched. So, wow. Yeah. I'm really excited. And I just, it's kind of like, a fun thing. It doesn't directly fit in with everything else I do, but it's a fun thing that I want to do. So I'm excited to do it. Yes. I did that for years. I know that I should focus on my main business. Yeah. I know I should focus on that, but I need some fun stuff every now and again. Not yeah. that the main business is not fun, just a little bit of variety. And I think we all need variety in your life. And it's just that balance. Cause I think my business partner, Simon and I are both we have a tendency for shiny object syndrome. Yeah. I don't know if you know what I mean by that, yeah. but it's like, oh, this is exciting. This is exciting. And then we forget to do what we actually should be doing. I think we have this conversation every two to three months. <laughs> oh, we could do this, 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 and this. And we, what the other one has to go, yes, we could. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could focus on the existing business and it will get us to the same place probably quicker than if we'd went off and did all that other stuff. Yeah. So what are the biggest challenges at the moment? Because I guess you've got eight days to go. So you've got wrap up of existing job plus work plus thinking about what's next. Yeah. Like, and what's plus, the biggest challenges? And the existing job also asked me to work as a contractor and continue doing like I do photos for them now. So continue doing the photos on a project basis, which is really great. Okay. So that yeah. kind of fits in, doesn't it? You can yeah. still do the photo editing and all the stuff you're good at. Yeah. So that kind of worked out. I think right this moment is just keeping all the balls in the air and not dropping one because it has been a little hectic. Then once I am done, I obviously want to really ramp up on the the email outreach, all that that we are we've been talking about. It's been a little hard to keep up right now, but I anticipate having time and I definitely want to schedule out my days to be like I'm working, but for myself. So, But for your own projects, yeah. Because yeah. I keep a pretty solid structure right now working from home for them. So I'm going to try to mimic that schedule for the most part. So episode six, we spoke about overwhelm, dealing with all the different things. We had a, a really fun chat about your current strategy <laughs> of post-it notes on the wall and stuff everywhere and keeping everything in your head and all sorts of different bits. How are you getting on with managing your projects, keeping on track, keeping the balls? Has it gone back into your head or is it still in a nice system? 
No, it's been going really well. I still have my board of like proposed, accepted, ongoing, completed, like pending payment. That's my kind of thing that's happening over here. But I have been using OneNote for everything. So I just put it all in there. I, I take it. They still take a lot of paper notes. And then once I like end of day or, or you know, once a week, I put them all into OneNote. So they live there. That's wonderful. I love it when you have that search list of notes. And this really helps me because we were just now talking about overwhelm and I was able to look in my OneNote and go, oh, it's episode six that was about (laughs) overwhelm with Christina. That's what we were talking about. And I have all my notes. I know what's going on. And I think that clarity, I don't have to keep in my head what we've spoken about every episode. Well, frankly, I couldn't. My head's not that big. But I can go to the notes, I can look at what I'm doing, and that definitely helps me. Even though I do that, I still get to stages where I'm going, there's just too much going on. And I've definitely had that recently with the podcast. There's the launch of the podcast, there's this. I'm working on the coaching series with you. I've got the second coaching series coming up, which I've started on, and I'm about three months into that recording. And uh, the lady I'm coaching is an artist named Jamie, and she's just launched her Kickstarter for her comic book. We've got a product series. It's really exciting. Funny enough, Christina, she's been listening to your episodes. (laughs) So (laughs) I've been doing the coaching series with her, and she listened to your episodes and goes, that Christina, she writes everything down and takes action. Uh, I didn't take notes for the first five episodes. I'm going to start (laughs) doing that. Um, So it's really interesting how we learn from each other and grow. Um, But there's always moments where you've got so much going on and you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants and making as much happen as you can. But I think there's always a, okay, I need to get back to what's the top projects I'm working on how do I push these forwards? How do I make sure everyone's cared for? Make sure I do the follow-up. And we were actually talking about that in the last episode, the sort of process for your projects, the induction, the getting the project done, and then the feedback, and did it work? And we spoke about going back to some of the customers you've worked with. Have you had any further thoughts on that? No, I have to still do that, to be honest. (laughs) I I haven't gotten into it. Well, I think that's probably going to be one for when you start uh, in eight days time. There's an interesting thing that happens with past clients. And what tends to happen is immediately after the project, you're both happy it's done. And then there's this period afterwards where if you can think of it as like a slope or a separation, the longer it goes, the further apart you become. And the more the project was in distant memory. Yeah. And if you follow up in three weeks or a month, it's like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, I'll tell you how it went. If you follow up in four months, it's like they have to spend a bit of time recalling what the hell did we do yeah. uh, and what happened. If you follow up in eight months, it's like their whole world has changed and it's who are you? If you follow up in a year and a half, it's like, tell me your name again. What did we do? And it's really interesting the period of follow up. And I guess the reason I'm saying this is historically, I have been bad at this. (laughs) Okay. But if one can follow up a month after a project and say, how did it go? Did you get the results you wanted? What are you working on next? Like that is an incredible way to A, show you care and B, stay in their mind for the next projects. Yeah. Um, And I know at Rebel Business School now, 
the team actually put those in the calendar for follow-up meetings. So after the project, you actually book in the, I don't know what you would call it, the project summary meeting, the like review meeting, the what happened, what went well, what didn't, let's talk yeah. about it. <laughs> uh, and it's become a really important part of the process. And it does take extra time. However, I think the value you would get out of it is huge. And if you're like I was in the early days and a bit disorganized, you end up doing it all in one go. You go, who are all the clients I've worked with in the last year? Let me ring them all and see how they are. Yeah. Uh, if you're a bit more organized like you are, you go, okay, I'm going to like diarize it and do it and make sure I follow up. Um, yeah. I started using this program called ClickUp recently. That's kind of mm. like a project management thing. So more for, cause I find OneNote's really helpful for just compiling stuff or taking notes. But when it comes to breaking stuff into steps and being able to like mark them off, it's not the most useful. So I started, I've used Asana in the past uh, at work, but this one was prettier and that's a motivator for me. <laughs> so I started using it recently. And one of the things I have to do is create just like, I think a project workflow of like when working on a project, here's kind of the, the stages. And so that's one of the things I want to add in there. And then just already maybe preset a date. You can always change it, right? So maybe preset a date. And then if the project drags or something, I can always move it, but just have it already set as like, this is something that has to be, that's part of the project. Absolutely. And for the audience listening, it doesn't matter what the product is. I don't care whether you're selling bread I don't care whether you're selling curtains. I don't care whether you're selling a project management follow-up with customers is incredibly important. It shows that you care. It keeps you in mind and it wins you more business. And it makes such a difference. Even if it's just an email afterwards saying, did you enjoy it? Let us know. It makes such a difference. Preferably, it's a bit more personal than the generic emails I get going, give me your feedback. We really care about what you think. Oh, and you, no, you, you don't care. Yeah. You just want my time. <laughs> and you click through and then it's like 20 questions and you're like, never mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've done that so many times. Yeah. And uh, I think it's showing you care without asking something more from them. Like, yeah. how did it go? What did you get? And depending on the value of what you're selling, there is no better tool for them that than the phone or a video call. Like you can actually see their reaction, hear what they say. There's no better tool. And in the early days, even if you're selling bread, I would want to speak to that person and see their reaction, see their face and know what they say. So I think in the early days, it doesn't matter how much you're selling it for, connect with the customer, find out what they thought. Did it go well? Did they enjoy it? Did it make a good sandwich? What did you put inside it? <laughs> Are you going to buy it again? <laughs> All those questions so you can actually understand the customer, I think are so critical. So you've got eight days left. What yeah. percentage of your focus is finishing up versus looking forwards? That's an interesting question. <laughs> what percentage? <laughs> I mean, you know, in just breaking it down and purely like, you know, I'm spending about eight hours a day still on them. But, you know, some of that is also part of it is wrapping up, trying to like set things in a good place. I am very much looking towards the future during it all, mm. but I also don't like, you know, I take pride in everything I do. So I also don't want it 
do a bad job in my last few days. No, definitely not. I think you're doing exactly the right thing. Like give your all at the job, make sure they're happy and leave on a high. I think that is a fantastic way for your integrity, their integrity. I think that's incredible. What do you think the three biggest challenges are for your transition from working for them to working full-time on your own business? What do you see as the three biggest things that could upset the apple cart next eight days? I think one challenge that, as I said, I've been successful at you know self-motivating working from home, but I have also, at the end of the day, had a supervisor outside of myself. So <laughs> I'm a little worried that when it's just me, I'm just going to be like, woo! <laughs> you know, like... I know you need to sit down and send emails and I'll be like, you can't tell me what to do. And then you know, so I'm a little worried. I'll just go like rogue all of a sudden. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. One of the most exciting things of about being your own boss is that your own boss. And one of the biggest problems about being your own boss <laughs> is that you're your own boss. Yeah. Um, and I have definitely discovered in life that most people are more accountable to others than they are to themselves. So I think one tool you can use for that is a friend, a partner, a mentor, me, the podcast listeners, is commit to those people with what you're going to do. And I know if I say it on air, if I say it to you, if I say it to my wife, I'm more likely to do it than if I just say it to myself. So that can be a useful tool, but you're right. You no longer have a supervisor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just knowing they're there helps. (laughs) Yeah. That's the biggest thing. I mean, I don't know if that's a challenge, but it's a a thought. It is. It is. It definitely is. Yeah. And it's one that actually a lot of people go through quite hard. I had it when I first went self-employed. Like there are days when things go wrong and a client says no, an opportunity fails. And I would take it very hard in the early days. And I could lose a week's productivity by watching movies, being in a sulk, yeah, like just not getting on with it as I should. I actually found that transition from employed to self-employed quite hard because of those reasons. So I would say it's absolutely a challenge that nearly all self-employed people have faced as they change. So I think you're very wise for highlighting that one. (laughs) What do you think you're going to do to help yourself stay positive, happy, focused? I think you'll get a buzz of excitement for the first week or two. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now this is real. I got to stay positive and focused. What are you going to put in place to do that? I think it really just blocks scheduling ahead of time and saying, I'm going to spend, you know, an hour or whatever it is on emails. I'm going to spend this time, you know, and then have time for the the actual projects I'm completing, but blocking out the time for those tasks I need to do to keep moving forward, to keep building that maybe aren't as fun, you know, (laughs) as as we've discovered. But they still need doing, they still need doing definitely. So that's one of the main challenges. Is there anything else that you think could trip you up? Obviously with the outreach and the marketing the sales aspect and this has probably always been something but that you know we've done a lot of work moving past but if you're working on it and you're saying like oh I don't see any movement right now you know I think it can be a little disheartening and letting that get to you you know I'm worried about that like I'm going to be aware of it 
and like you said, the sh shiny object syndrome. And for me, it's it's like a two part. It's it's shiny object versus um, I've sent three emails. I haven't heard anything. So no one wants what I have. And this is over. Right. It's like the giving up prematurely. <laughs> and you're like, well, everyone's selling that thing. Maybe I should go do that. So it's like a two parter. <laughs> You would not believe how many conversations I have at pop-up business school with people who come along and say, I've tried to sell it and it's failed. And then I go, okay, tell me about it. How many emails did you send? How many phone calls did you say? And they say, well, I sent seven emails. I'm going, well, you haven't tried hard enough yet. We've got to keep going. The impressions, the reaches, yes. So I think putting that in place and expecting you are going to have days where it feels like you've put all the energy in and nothing's coming back to you. Yeah. That is going to happen and having a strategy to deal with it. I think there's several strategies I would suggest. Number one is put on some music, dance around the house, get your energy back up and change your state. Number two, have a break away from work every now and again, because I don't know about you. I'm thinking you're very similar to me in a lot of ways, but you get so focused on the one thing and that's not always healthy. Yeah. Sometimes you need a bit of space, take a break, look at something else, go solve someone else's problem. Other people's problems are way easier to solve than your own. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So going and helping other people, like doing something, having a break. And then number three is having positive people that you can ring who aren't necessarily going to try and fix it, but will just listen and share their experience. Because if you can just say, like, I've had a tough day and they'll listen to you and say, yes, we've all been there. It happens. Yeah, <laughs> uh, That's really useful, really useful. So those would be the three strategies I would say that will help. But expect those days. Running your business, own business is very exciting, <laughs> but it's tough as well. Yeah. And I feel like it's also going to be, it's going to be exciting, but then it's going to be super unexciting a lot of times. And then <laughs> you're like, oh. Sent some emails, same old, same old, nothing, you know, like it's not, it sounds really cool, but like the reality of everything is that there's a lot of day-to-day -day stuff that's not mm -hmm. like. <laughs> I think we, you're we, absolutely we, right. We can't announce the new iPhone every day, right? No, and it needs two, three, four years of work to get there. Yeah. You'll have the exciting highs, you always will. I was actually doing a pitch for a TV show based on the concepts of the pop-up business school, Rebel Business School, recently. And I think the most exciting phase is the startup phase because it's all new. It's all this. It's all that. And they were saying, well, like, what do you do after that? And I said, well, a successful business should be boring <laughs> because you find a product or a service that works well for a client that you get well paid for, and then you repeat it and you repeat it, and you do it again and again and again, and you deliver reliable results to the client, you get paid a reliable amount of money, and you know how to do it, and it functions really well, and there's a process in place. And actually, good businesses should not be exciting, because if you're living off adrenaline day to day, and you're excited, something's wrong, like, we should be having a repeatable process that makes it easy. Yeah. And if we can develop that... Yeah. So I think let's get boring and create a nice business that will look after you and that you enjoy doing it. And you're not having to scramble because there's an emergency every day and it's exciting. So the biggest challenges coming are working from home without a supervisor, 
staying motivated and positive through the outreach marketing sales and some of the more humdrum business things. Are there any others, Christina? Not that I know of yet. I'm sure there will be. That's the other bit then. I'm going to put down unknown challenges as the number three. It's going to be like a -a whack-a-mole game. They're just going to pop up and I'm like, oh. Yeah, because you don't know what you don't know until you get there. You you don't even see this coming. And that's part of it is we can sit here surmising and coming up with what all the challenges will be, but there's going to be new ones. That's also what makes this podcast quite interesting is because every week we can come back and go, this happened. What do I do about this? This happened. There's always some excitement. You don't need to generate your own. The business world will bring enough excitement for you as you get going and you will have unknown challenges. Are there any so, challenges that you anticipate that I should look out for? Oh, I love that. What a good <laughs> question. So the challenges I would anticipate are, number one, the biggest challenge for small business owners is always volume of business. It's always volume of business. And this is genuinely because their sales and marketing activity goes in waves. So they don't do it consistently on a day-to-day business. And I know this because I didn't do it consistently on a day-to-day business, so it would be feast or famine, which is awfully exciting, but not a nice way to live. Yeah. So that challenge, you know the solution to that challenge is do the sales outreach every day, is do the follow-up to the existing clients every day. It's the hunting and farming we spoke about in episode four, but it's doing that every single day consistently will stop that being a challenge for you. As soon as you stop selling, you will stop getting sales. And I know that sounds really (laughs) simple, but I did not realize that for probably five years. Oh, I mean, I've been trying to have a business without selling at all for years. So (laughs) like, I can do this thing. I created a website. Here I am. (laughs) We have all been there. We've all done that. So I would say that is definitely one of the challenges that if we know that up front and we go into it, knowing it up front, we can make that happen. I think the other challenge, like we've discussed partly, is having strategies for if it goes wrong, because Mm. shit's going to happen, things are going to go wrong, stuff is going to happen, clients are going to be unhappy, things are going to change. And it's through no fault of trying, it's through something miscommunicated, something happening, but it's having the strategies to deal with that. And I would be saying to you, like, you've got one strategy, which is speak to me every two weeks. That's quite useful (laughs) strategy because you can go, Alan, this happened. But for all of those listening who don't have Alan on speed dial, you need to have strategies in place. Is there a business mentor? Is there someone you can reach out to? Is there someone that you can just go and escape with? Is there a way to change your state with music so you feel better? Do you go and have a coffee with a friend? Do you like just take some time completely off your business and go find someone else with a business and help them? And I know when I've done that, the advice I end up giving the other person is quite often the advice that I need myself. So if you go help someone else, Like they say, the best way to learn anything is to teach someone else. Like go help someone else with their business. It's unbelievably powerful. And then you go, oh, I should have been doing that for myself. Uh, But having that series of strategies of if it goes wrong, here's what I'm going to do. 
and you've pre-thought about that rather than getting to when it goes wrong and then going, oh, bum, what do I do now? Yeah. Or just I feel like when something goes wrong for me, I have to take that moment and step away and do something else. Because if I try to like fix it right then and there or respond, it's never good. Because you're kind of in an <laughs> emotional moment, right? Create the space. Yeah. Create the space to think, relax, calm. There's that saying of respond, don't react. And if you create the space, you get time to choose your response rather than reacting in the moment, which yeah. uh, depending on your personality type will mm. depend on how you react. And that's sometimes good and sometimes bad. So I think developing that set of tools will help you to do it. Is there anything else I can do to support you, Christina, in this momentous change that is about to happen? <laughs> Not I'm just excited moment. for you. I'm <laughs> slightly jealous. Oh, I am excited as well. I'm jealous of you and your Mexico or <laughs> <laughs> escapade. So I guess we're, we're, we're even. You know, Come I'm, on down. <laughs> yeah. When I get my passport, it's being renewed. <sighs> Yeah, let's cross our fingers and... <laughs> yes, get that passport. Technically, you can become a digital nomad after that and work from wherever you want. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I think this is a hugely exciting point in your business. And we've come on such a journey. And I think you're going to have challenges. You're going to have ups and downs going forwards. But the highs you've got in front of you are so exciting. Yeah. And... Yeah, thank you for being on this journey with us and sharing all of this stuff with us. It has been so much fun. Thank you, Alan. I'm very excited. Can't wait to talk about it, about the, the after. <laughs> the after and the beginning all at once. Yes, because it's like almost as though this is the close of a chapter. Yeah. This is the close of the side hustle chapter. Yeah. And then we're going to start the new chapter, which is the full-time self-employed business owner chapter. That's going to be a really interesting piece to go to. And actually, if we were to look at this stages, you've got employed where you work for someone else and you get a salary. You've got employed with a side hustle or a part-time thing where you're getting your salary still, but you're earning a bit of money on the side. It's very exciting. That money goes up. You've got some clients. Then you've got going full-time self-employed and that's a really interesting challenge in itself yeah then you've got a really fascinating challenge is how do you change from full-time self-employed to a business and there is a big distinction between those two and the way i got taught which i find fascinating is called the revolver challenge have you heard of the revolver no, challenge i haven't sounds dangerous <laughs> It is dangerous. Yes. If you're in America and you're listening to this, do not actually do this. It is a thought experiment. Okay. This is a thought experiment. Metaphorically speaking, you put a revolver to the head of the owner and pull the trigger in your mind. If the business survives without the owner, it's a business. If the business dies with the owner, it's self-employed. That's the difference. And there becomes a change that you can choose to make at some point. Or actually, you might choose not to make. You actually go, I don't want to run a business. I'm quite happy with a self-employed lifestyle business. But that kind of comes later. You have to have built your self-employed business before you can start doing that. And it was probably five, six, seven years in before I started thinking about it as a business. And then it was eight years, nine years in that I actually managed to turn it into a business and extricate myself so that I was not in the day-to-day -day running. 
But it's really interesting as you go through those phases. So I think we're coming to the end of a chapter in this journey, Christina. <laughs> and then we will start the new chapter in the next episode. Woo! Suspense. <laughs> awesome. And I think that neatly brings us to the end of chapter one of Christina's journey from employed with a side hustle to going full-time employed. And I've got several things, as always, I would love you to take away from this episode. The first is, how are you going to make sure you have a smooth income? When you're changing, well, actually, when you're starting a business as well, but when you're changing from being in a side hustle, part-time employed to going full-time, you need to make sure you have that business coming in. And the reason self-employed business comes in waves is because we do the marketing and the sales in waves. Sometimes we get excited and we do a couple of weeks worth of sales. Then we get distracted by production or delivery and we're doing that. We're not selling. Then we wonder why we have no business and we go back to selling. Then the cycle repeats again and again. If you're not doing daily sales and marketing activity, you are going to have a wild ride with your income. So... What are you committing to do? Are you going to send three emails a day to prospective clients? Are you going to make five phone calls a day? Are you going to send 12 direct messages on Twitter? Are you going to do 20 direct messages on Instagram? What are you going to do every single day to generate sales? Because if you stop selling, you'll stop getting sales. So every day, do the sales and marketing work that will grow your business. The second thing I'd love you to take away from this is things are going to go wrong. Stuff is going to happen. When you launch a business, problems are going to arise. And well, nine, ten years into running the Rebel Business School, things still happen. Problems still arise. Things still happen. And you need to have a plan in place to use when it does go wrong. So who are you going to talk to if things go wrong? Who are you going to call? Who are you going to speak to? Second strategy Go help someone else. Take time away from your own problems and go and help someone else. And it always amazes me that the advice I end up giving other people is the advice I end up needing to take on my own business. Number three, have a break. Clear your head. Go for a walk. Get outside. Number four, change your state. Put the music on. Dance. Laugh. Watch a motivational video on YouTube. Watch some comedy. Change your state and then come back at it. But you need a plan because stuff is going to happen. You need to know what to do when it does. And the final piece of advice I'd love to give you after this episode is becoming your own boss is one of the most exciting things in the world and it's also one of the biggest challenges because no one else is going to make it happen. If it's going to happen, it's up to you. And the saying that I repeat, if it's to be, it's up to me. No one's there watching over you. No one's there asking you to do things. You have to put the things in place that you're going to drive, that you're going to make happen. It's up to you. And you really need to realize this. If you're going full time on your own business and becoming your own boss, it is not excuse to watch the entire catalog of Netflix. It is not an excuse to go drinking in the morning. Nothing will happen unless you make it happen. And that's one of the biggest things you need to realize becoming your own boss. So that brings us to the close of part one of the coaching series. But 
boy, have I got something exciting for you next. So the next episode you will hear is an artist called Jamie Dillon talking about how to start making money from her art. And we go on an incredible journey. Couple of warnings. One, there is adult content in the next part of the coaching series. So we cover adult topics. There is swearing. There are all sorts of pieces like that. So please be aware if you're planning on listening to this in the car with your kids in the back, don't. If you're planning on listening to this in the speakers in the house while your kids are homeschooling next to you, don't. Put your headphones on, listen to it yourself. There is adult content. So please be warned, adult content coming up. But I am so excited to share this with you going forwards. So you have to listen to next week's episode and then see where we go from there. The first one is myself and Casey, the lead trainer at Pop-Up Business School, coaching her on focus. Second episode, Simon joins us. And the third episode, I kind of go away and we continue on with the journey. So that is coming. And I think it's fascinating because Christina's was a service business. Jamie is an artist. So it's a different category, a different industry. And, well, you'll find out what we do with the art, but that gives it a whole new dimension. And I've actually started recording season three of the coaching series already. We've got a young guy called Andrew has a YouTube channel that we're helping to monetize. So you can see I've got different types of businesses, different types of problems that people are facing so that we can help you learn all of the different elements that you need to help make progress on your business. And it's going to be so much fun. And then for season four, I know that's a long way off, but I like to plan. Season four, Christina's coming back because actually I've started working with her again. So she's transitioned from doing this as a side hustle to doing this full time as her business, Fresh Print Media. And I've started working with her again on that. We've recorded a couple of episodes. The next one I'm going to be recording today is Henry looking at her website, how to improve her website, how to drive traffic. And I think that's going to bring a whole new angle for you, the listener, with your own websites, what you're doing with your business. And we've got some cool stuff happening with Christina. And actually, I'm in Oaxaca, Mexico at the moment. And as I record this, it's the 15th of April. And Christina is popping down to Oaxaca. We're going to share Mole, record a couple of episodes while she's down here, which is going to be a huge amount of fun. So that's what I'm working on for the coaching series. That's the plan. That's what's coming up. Please tune in next week for Jamie's episode. And please share either Christina's season or Jamie's season with artists you know, because I'd love to be able to help more people build their businesses and make money doing what they love. And the next season of the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series, well, that is all about making money doing something you love. And it's going to be a fascinating journey. Thank you for listening. Please keep taking what you hear on the course, on the podcast, on everything we do and applying it. There is nothing that I and the team at Rebel want more than for you to take what we do, apply it and create an extraordinary life. Thank you for listening. Go out there, make it happen, have fun and let me know how you do. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.